Ephesians 2 and verse 8 is where we're going to start, continue our study in Philippians. So the Apostle Paul, he's in prison. Um, He's going through a heck of a hard time, man. But he sends out this letter of encouragement to his beloved church in Philippi. Philippian church are going through a tough time as well. A lot of, a lot of trials, a lot of storms going on in the Christian world at this time. And the apostle Paul is telling these guys, Hey, look at Christ. Look at what Christ went through. Don't be discouraged. Don't quit your day job. Keep loving on your church family. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Be that salt to a lost and dying world. Be that light to a lost and dying world. Don't get discouraged, but know God is good. God is faithful. And so now where we're going to pick up today, the Apostle Paul is actually talking a little bit about what Jesus Christ went through for us. So that's where we're going to start. Um, Let me read these verses real fast. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you that your will is going to be done in this service. Thank you for your anointing. Father God, thank you that what needs to be said will be said, that, that I will be obedient, and what needs to be received will be received, and that we will leave here um, encouraged and refreshed and uh, just excited about what you're doing in the earth. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. So moving forward, Philippians 2 and verse 8, and being found in human form, Paul's talking about Jesus Christ. Now keep in mind, Jesus Christ, stepped off of heaven's throne as king of kings and lord of lords uh, the uh, all the wonderful privileges that were his in heaven he stepped down and came and dwelled among men okay now that right there should just blow your mind the fact that the son of god came down here amongst us sinners for 33 plus years and walked among us and one thing we know in scripture will bear this out for us. Scripture tells us this, that God knows, Jesus Christ knows what it feels like to hurt inside. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed. He knows what it feels like to be misunderstood. He knows what it feels like to be hurt by people that He loves. He knows exactly how you feel or how you have felt. And He loves you with an undying love. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? this morning that Jesus Christ knows what you're going through and he cares so much about you and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross just this verse is just so powerful because Jesus Christ didn't come just to teach us how to live he didn't just just come to show us a bunch of good ways to live our life you know and those are wonderful and those are great but Jesus Christ Remember who we're talking about, not just a man, because he was certainly 100% man, but 100% God. 
in human form, laid down his life so we could be set free. He felt the absence of God the Father for that moment on the cross so we will never have to feel that that we will never have to be lonely. We will never have to be alone. Does that make sense this morning? In other words, when God says, fear not for I am with you, he means that. Because when Jesus Christ was on the cross, uh, God the Father had to look away for a moment as the sin of all humanity was placed on the back of his son. Remember, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt that absence. Jesus felt that, so we never will have to feel that. So if your body hurts this morning, if your checkbook is empty, if you've lost a loved one, if you're just just frazzled about the current state of affairs in America or the world, let God give you peace this morning. Let God give you peace. He is certainly in control, and we have a present help. We have a present help no matter what we're going through. So let's not neglect that, but let's continue to run into his arms. Amen. Can I get a witness? And, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, the most humiliating way possible to die. And we can only imagine, we can only imagine the extreme torment and pain and agony, the physical torment that our Lord and Savior went through. And he was thinking about us. Look at your neighbor and, and, and just, you know, like, Look at your neighbor and think, man, man, my goodness gracious. Jesus Christ was thinking about them when he was on that cross. He was thinking about us, talking about humbling himself. We're talking about God. Talking about God stepping off of that throne and saying, I love these people so much. I love them so much that I am going to lay down my life. Talking about living in a world that's unfair, right? And we do. We certainly do. But look at what God did for us. Look at what he did for us. And we do have a reason to give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Check this out. It's a mic full. Anywho, back on target. And being found in human form, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Not some quick death, not some off with your head, not some quick thing, but the agonizing torment. While he saw people mock him and being paraded through the street and and all the ridicule and everything he went through for us. Now, um, look at Romans uh, 5 and verse 19, beloved. Romans 5 and verse 19 talking about i want you to take your world and you know every everything that doesn't seem right and i want you to put it into the hands of our lord and savior who is able luke 1 verse 37 for nothing is impossible with god now romans 5 and verse 19 for as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners who's he talking about he's talking about adam right well, hold on a second. I, I thought Eve was the one that did the whole. Well, that's true. But but God said, Adam, this is your ball of wax, man. You're in control of this. So looky here. Adam broke God's law. He had one stink Dalton. He had he had one thing. The Adam and Eve they had one thing in the in the whole garden that they weren't supposed to mess with, man. 
And to me, that's so telling because that's just how temptation is for me. That's how the sin is for me, man. There's that, there's that thing, man, that, oh, I don't need to be, that's the one thing I'm not supposed to have. And, and if I don't keep my guard up, if I don't keep prayed up, if I don't keep in the scripture, I might get a little closer to it each and every day. So we got to keep our guard up. But anyways, through that one man, say thanks, Grandpa Adam, through that, through that one man, sin and death enters the world, but also through one man, Jesus Christ, going to that cross, humbling himself, stepping off of heaven's throne and being nailed to that tree. You understand he swapped out a throne for a cross? You know what I mean? Can you imagine that he, that he took his sinlessness, his righteousness, and he gave me his righteousness. And my sin was placed on his back. We are so blessed. Give him some praise. Go ahead. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's, so by the one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteous. Give him some praise. Give him some glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is the time when we want to shake off our heavy bands. You're going to be working. You're going to be doing the thing all week long. You're going to be listening to the news and all. You're going to be bombarded by a bunch of lies and a bunch of crazy stuff. This is our time to get built up. And not just now, but guys, I want to encourage everyone to stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Moving forward. Uh, Philippians 2 and verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So through that obedience to the cross, uh, it being obedient to God the Father and giving God glory and, and Jesus Christ love for the Father and love for humanity, he goes to that cross, but now he is at the right hand of the Father. Doesn't that make you feel good this morning? Doesn't that make you feel good that, that God has been exalted to that rightful place? And that, I mean, we have so much, guys, to really be thankful about. And we can be so discouraged. But listen, we serve a risen Savior. He's not dead. He's not in some tomb. He's, he's alive. Okay, our loved ones that are in Christ are alive, that, that they've already passed away. I'm just saying, man, God is good. God is faithful. Amen. And there is... This name above all names. There is no name more precious to me, to you, to all believers than Jesus Christ. There's just something about that name. You know what I mean? That name, Jesus, is the most hated name in the world, but it is also the most loved name in all the world. And I'm glad to be on the side that loves and adores him. Amen. I'm not a perfect person, not even close, man. I'm probably the most messed up cat out of everybody in here. But this one thing I know, man, my God is good and he dwells inside my heart and I'm forgiven of all my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Now what we see here is Jesus Christ being exalted, being honored, being blessed for his obedience by humbling this is important. This is important to us. It's important to me. Jesus Christ humbled himself and was obedient to God the Father, and God blessed him. Okay, so there's a lesson for all of us in the here and now. You know, as Christians, uh, we need to humble ourselves, and, and that's an action word. That's something that, that I have to work on every single day. Not that I have a lot to be proud of, but I'm saying all of us as humans, man, we got to humble ourselves.
Okay, we need to realize and understand that I serve another. Okay, it's not about me anymore. It's about giving God honor with my life. Can I get a witness? James 4 and verse 10, check it out. This is what James says. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Guys, that's what we need to do as Christian people. We don't always have to get our way. You know what I mean? As painful as that sounds, we don't, you know. It's about God's way above my way. Can I get a witness? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And that's true. You know, sometimes we worried about being left out or we worried about uh, not getting the promotion or getting our, our just rewards or our pat on the back or, or whatever that might be, man. That's the world that we live in. But see, we belong to another. We serve another. And he says, you humble yourself before me. You be obedient to me. You do what the good book says. Even when it seems counterintuitive, you be obedient to that and I'll raise you up where I need you to be. I'll give you platforms that you never imagined. I'll put you in that place where I can really use you. But right now I gotta, I, we gotta get rid of, it's gotta be more of me and less of you. And all God's people said, whoop de doo. I mean, amen. Yeah, give them some praise. This is okay. This is good. Paul's encouraging the Philippian church. Paul's going through a heck of a time. Not such a good time, you know, but Paul's encouraged. Paul's got his focus on Jesus Christ. You know, some of us, you know, I, I, know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, um, there's people in this church that are, that are literally fighting for their life right now. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people could be discouraged. All you got to do is turn on the news if you want to be discouraged. You know, but let's not lose hope. Let's not be discouraged. Let's encourage one another, like the Apostle Paul reaching out to his beloved Philippian church, the church in Philippi. Like, hey, guys, keep doing what you're doing, man. Let that light shine, man. Don't get your eyes off of Jesus Christ. You're blessed. Philippians 2 and verse 10. I believe this is slide number 2. Um, yeah, I believe it's slide number 2. Hold on, baby. Philippians 2 and verse 10. We're talking about that name above all names. We're talking about what Jesus Christ did for us. And that should mean something to us. Especially when our world isn't going exactly the way we think it should go. You know, look at what Jesus Christ did for you. Amen. You're blessed. So that at the name of... Whew, man, this is good. This, this is really, really good, man. So that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Man, that just gets me so excited because we do live in this world, man, where even, even King David was like, man, what's going on, man? It looks like the ungodly are just prospering. It looks like the ungodly are just winning and doing and ripping everybody off and nothing ever seems to change, you know. But see, God says, hold on now. Hold on. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, we're going to weep what we sow. Hey, I'm going to work all this stuff out in the end. You just trust in me. You be obedient to me. Amen. So, looky here, what, what the Apostle Paul is doing is, is, once again, he's confirming that this Jesus, the Messiah, is divine. He is the Son of God, or Jesus is God. Because when he says, every knee shall bow, Every tongue shall confess. What he's doing is he's pointing back 
to Isaiah. He's pointing back to the Old Testament, which we have right there. Look at it, Isaiah 45 and verse 23. This is God the Father, okay? By myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. Look at this part. To me, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. That's God the Father. And the Apostle Paul says, look, God the Father said this way back in Isaiah. Look, so when I'm saying this through the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Doesn't it make you feel good? Don't make you feel good you're not wasting your time this morning. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that just really, really, really gets me excited, man. You know, because we do, we can look at the world and, and, and we can be discouraged, but we shouldn't, especially when we know this. When we have this little stick of dynamite, this truth that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is... Well, does that mean that everybody's getting saved? No, nah, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. Um, but, you know, the beautiful part is we, one day, we will be just overflowing with joy and excitement. You know, imagine kneeling before Jesus Christ. Imagine how that will feel to us and the excitement that is in our hearts. And imagine the dread, not that we would get any joy out of this, okay? But understand, God is a God of justice, and either you're going to accept His Son or you will deny His Son. Either you accept that gift of salvation or you say, no, I'll do it on my own, which you're not good enough to do. So as we bow, we will just be overflowing. I mean, I can't, you know, I can only imagine. I don't know, man. It's just going to be so stinking wonderful. And we have, we have, we have this promise. But then we think about our neighbor. We think about our family member. We think about the guy down the street that we really don't like, you know, because he's weird. He's strange and he puts his junk in my, whatever. I don't know what you got going on. I got crazy. My neighbors are awesome. Um, uh, you know, but see, every knee's gonna bow. D- to the terrorist that decides to blow himself up to kill a bunch of innocent people. Okay, in the name of some false demon God, one day will be forced to say, I was wrong, man. I was so wrong. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Kings. You know, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. So thank God that he's been merciful and gracious upon all of us. And he says, I'll spare you all that rubbish because I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. God is good. That's all I'm trying to say. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We know that. We already, we already know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that means something so precious and valuable to us. Okay. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's pretty interesting right there. That Jesus, although he's been exalted and he's been honored and he's been put at that righteous place, he still lives in complete obedience to God the Father. Equals, but in different roles. Equals, but with different responsibilities. Does that make sense this morning? Let me read 1 Corinthians 15 and 28. This is good. When all things are subjected to Him, when every knee bows and every tongue confesses, and in God's eyes, 
This is a done deal. In God's eyes, this has already happened. He dwells outside of time, you know, but this is something that we get to look forward to. So when you get discouraged and it looks like the ungodly are prospering or, or this tyrant thinks he's going to do this or something like that, listen, God is in control, okay? That doesn't mean I don't have a job to do. Anyways, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty eight. when all things are subjected to him, when every knee bows, every tongue confesses, when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection on him. What? When this happens, God the Father, Jesus Christ is still in obedience to God the Father. That's not ever going to change. In other words, everything that Jesus will ever do is to give God glory. Every God the Father, everything that Jesus will do is because the Father said do this. You know. So there's there is a protocol. There's a, there's a, there's a thing going on. And so what, well, where do we fit in this as Christians? You know, we are to be obedient to the Lord. We are to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And when we do this, when we are obedient to Jesus Christ, uh, when we do what the good book says, when we do what the Bible says, even when it seems painful to do something like that, when we're obedient to Jesus Christ, this gives our God. This gives our Lord glory. This gives our God honor. And don't you, are you here to please yourself? Do you exist to please yourself? Because we do have to rewire that because we've been hardwired that way, coming into the whole situation, just being born that we want to live our life for ourselves, you know? But man, we're Christians, man. So we know better. It's not all just about ourselves. We've been asked to humble ourselves and be obedient to Jesus Christ. And we can certainly do that because God has been so good to us. Amen. Can I get a witness? Just like Jesus Christ is obedient to God the Father, we are, be, we are to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And that gives God honor and glory. And my friends, my loved ones, that's what we're here for. That's why you're here. That's the secret of life. If you want to look at it that way, you are here to give God glory and honor. Give him some praise. Let's go to the next slide. Next and final slide. God is so good. God is so good. And you are blessed. Philippians 2, verse 12. So Paul been talking about what Jesus has done for us and kind of what that looks like. And now he's going to begin to instruct the Philippians again, the Philippian believers, okay? Because the Apostle Paul is all about unity in the church. And as we get deeper into Philippians, you'll see there's there's some little arguments and some things that on the surface don't doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but these are the type of things that, that'll destroy your church. So he, he says, guys, let's have unity. Because a church in unity can do so much, you know, and let's humble ourselves. Let's be obedient to the word of God. Okay, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, that's a good compliment to get from the bishop. You guys, you guys are doing great. You're doing awesome. You've always been obedient to the teaching. You've always been obedient to the word of God. May it be said about us, amen? Therefore, beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, 
not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. So don't be discouraged, church people. Yeah, life is hard. You know, you're going through all these trials over there in Philippi. There's all this stuff going on in Paul's world. Paul's saying, don't let what I'm going through, don't let that discourage you. Don't take some steps back because things don't look like this is the easy road because it ain't the easy road, you know. And and don't be discouraged and take some steps back and get into sin because of the persecution you're facing. Okay, keep doing what you're doing. You've always been obeying. And now that, that the rubber meets the road, man, keep up obeying the Word of God. Don't quit. Amen? Therefore... My beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, now that confuses some folks. Not this church, not this outfit. We got this nailed down. You know, he's not saying work for your salvation. We know that. He's not saying if you're good enough, if you do enough good deeds, maybe God will let you into his heaven. That's clearly not what he's saying. Matter of fact, um, he says this, Paul says this in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not about your works. It's not about your good deeds. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. See? Cut and dry. See, there's nothing you can do other than accepting what's been done for you to get to that eternal life. And that's through Jesus Christ. There's no way to the Father, or there's no way to eternal life, unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the way. And that's what he's saying. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Now, before we go any further, please just give him some glory. Give him some praise, man, because we don't deserve it. We, we, we don't deserve it, or I can't speak for you, but I know I, I'm, I don't deserve it. You know, but God's grace, man, he's so good to us. So, amen. Amen, brother. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying your works will get you into heaven. Okay, that's done through Jesus Christ. We accept that gift. And notice he says, work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. So we can be discouraged when we look at, hey, oh, brother, so-and-so ain't walking the walk or, or whatever. Work out your salvation. <laughs> you know, Work out your salvation. And yes, we need to be obedient to the Word of God. And the Apostle Paul is really driving unity in the church and being obedient to the Scriptures, you know, and walk in that walk. But listen, man, your job is to work on you. Your job is to let the Holy Spirit do its work in you. And yes, we have to deliver the truth, and we deliver the truth in love. But you know what? Don't let somebody else hold you back. Don't use that as an excuse or something like that. That is ridiculous. Look at your neighbor and say, that's ridiculous. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And he's not saying you have to do good works to be saved. He's saying, take this serious. 
take this serious. So much has been done for you. So much. The price was so large that was given for your salvation. Now work out like the bodybuilder that goes and works out and goes through all the, the rigmarole and the sweat and the achiness and all that for that result. You know, we're not working out to be saved, but we are, we are living to be obedient to God the Father. We are going to mature and grow in relationship with the Most High God. Amen. He's, he's like, take it seriously, man. Take it seriously. Because, Philippian church, as your world seems like it's crumbling all around you, this is what is true. This is what is true. God is good, and He's in control, and you are saved people. So let your light shine, man. Lean on Him. You know, the deeper we go in our relationship with the Lord, the more we learn to trust in Him, the more we are going to have peace. Amen? The more we're going to have peace. And if you need peace, okay, make sure we're going in that direction. Amen? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, emphasizing that fear and trembling, that reverence for God, that God says, take this serious, man. You've been saved by grace. Now let's get serious about that walk. And that's a lifelong journey. Once you've been saved, man, that sanctification, man, we're on that journey of maturity and spiritual growth. But man, we've been called to bear fruit. Amen. And God says, don't, don't, don't be satisfied with where you're at with your walk. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Grow with me. Amen. You won't regret it. All right. Okay. Verse 13. Ooh, final verse. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both the will and to work for his good pleasure. I love it. I love it. You know, the, 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 it is pretty stinking tough sometimes to be obedient to what God tells you to do because of your flesh. Well, my flesh wants this. You know, I really want this. Well, the word of God says this. But see, what's going on here is Apostle Paul's breaking it down like this. You can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ. He's not going to ask you to do something impossible. He'll ask you to do a lot of impossible stuff for you, but it's not impossible when we lean on him. I can do all things through Christ. You have the Holy Spirit as a believer, and we need to start listening to him instead of drowning him out. Amen? So, for it is God... It is God. The reason you're saved, it's God because he sent Jesus. The reason you exist, man, because you didn't have to exist, but the reason you exist is because God said, hey, bring that one up. We need that one. I got something for him to do. You know, we are so blessed for it is God who works in you. Okay. Don't say you can't do it because God, uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I can do all things through Christ and so on. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The fact that you have the desire, that that is a gift from God. And if you do not have that desire to do what God wants you to do, because we know right from wrong, we know the direction we're supposed to go in. And if we do not have that desire to give up this pet sin or whatever, because man, I have, I have no doubt that many of us, all of us, me, 
we have strongholds in our life that we need to give to God. That we just need to give, just, okay, that's yours. I give it to you. The fact that we want to do right, that's a gift from God. And if you don't want to do right, pray, God, give me that desire. Because that's from him. And the ability, it all comes from God. But see, so God has called us to do some things. God has called us to be salt. So, you know, God has called us to be that light to a lost and dying world. And sometimes we get so caught up in, in what's going on in our family, our finances, our, our little world, we forget, well, well, God's got me here for a reason. So I need to do what I can do in my little world, do what I can do. But what's bigger than me, I give that to God, you know. Because God says, I need you to have peace, man. You're one of my kids. I need you to have joy in the Lord always. I need you to focus, Philippian Church, Victory Life Church, on these truths. That you're saved, I'm with you, and we can get through this, okay? Because I need you to be about my business. There's a whole world of folks that need the peace that I'm trying to give you. Amen? Father God, we just love you and we praise you, Lord. Thank you for just blessing these folks, Lord. Heal their bodies, heal their hurts, heal their relationships, Lord. Strengthen them and give them favor, Lord. Guide and lead and direct us. Let us be obedient to your word. Let us truly love one another. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. Now, before-